Welcome to Ask the $50 Billion Man with high-performance executive success coach, Dan Pena. The only show where you ask and you get complete, no-holds-barred answers. You want the truth? Can you handle the truth? Ask only if you dare. Head on to www.askthe50billiondollarman.com to submit your questions. And now, your host, Dan Pena. Welcome to Ask the $50 Billion Man podcast 114. My name is Dan Pena, as you probably are if you're listening to this. And I welcome you to another uh, podcast. Um, we're going to start with a uh, voicemail for our first question uh, on this episode. Oh, hi, Dan. It's Tom here calling from Australia. Uh, I have a, a, a couple of questions about uh, Appendix D, words to help you make your millions from your book. Number 18, can you please explain hunger makes beasts of men and demons of beasts? Can you please elaborate on that? And number 57, it only has the letter C. Is that referring to another part of the, uh, of the appendix? Okay, well, let's start with the um, number 18. I thought we needed an interpreter here. The guy's got a pretty thick accent. Hunger makes beasts of men and demons of beasts. Hunger meaning hunger for success makes the inner you, the, um, the Spartan man, uh, a beast. But if you're already a beast, if you're already a Spartan man, uh, it makes um, you a demon. It makes you unstoppable. Um, and uh, that's the best example that I can give you. Uh, as for the number C from uh, number 57, uh, you get referring uh, to another part. Um, uh, why don't we play that? Go ahead. I very much resonate with the advice of your dearly, dearly departed father. Uh, it says, always balance the needs of man with the needs of society. Now, how would you recommend setting ambitious goals to achieve wealth and at the same time balance the selfish and philanthropic aspects of the continuum? And secondly, in your worldview and experience, which specific areas of charity and philanthropy would you consider to have one of the highest impacts on the society of our future generations? Okay, um, this, this young man is a little more esoteric. Uh, my, my father did write that to me when I graduated from grammar school, to balance the needs of man with the uh, needs of society. How, and he's asking how would I recommend ambitious goals to achieve wealth and at the same time balance the selfish and philanthropic aspects of the continuum. Well, I don't. And I tell everybody all the time, you've got to be more selfish for yourself. If you don't love yourself, you can't be a good husband, you can't be a good father, you can't be a good entrepreneur, you can't be anything. So I'm not as concerned with balancing. Uh, I follow my heart. Uh, I follow my heart, especially with philanthropic aspects. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm naturally uh, balancing uh, the rights of man with the rights of society. And secondly, he asks, in your world, and do you experience which specific areas of charity and philanthropy uh, would you consider have one of the highest impacts of society of your future? I don't look at it that way either. Uh, I'm a baby boomer. You know, I'm a product of the end of the Second World War. 
Um, I, I don't look at things like that. Uh, as I've commented more than once, I um, currently, my wife and I, we support three orphanages in the Philippines. We support one mission in uh, Sri Lanka. Uh, and we uh, support um, a school in, uh, for the po uh, poor in Rwanda, which basically everybody's poor there. Uh, and we also support a scholarship in my father's name for the high school he went to in East Los Angeles. He went to Lincoln High School, and we support uh, three to six seniors to go on to university uh, that, uh, with sports uh, scholarships. So um, that's how we do it. Um, another voicemail. Hi, Mr. Pena. I heard your uh, podcast, your interview on the art of charm, and I have a question. Um, I have a full-time job, which I despise. I've been doing it for 25 years. And I want, I want to open up my own personal trainer business. Now, I am a certified personal trainer, but I just use it for me and my wife. So what are some steps I could take to actually open up a business and make it profitable? Well, I hate to disillusion you, kid. And even though you've been out of 25 years, you're, you're, you're not wearing diapers. But um, the, unless you're going to take over personal training uh, and gyms and spas, etc., uh, basically, you're going to make a, just a living as a personal trainer. So I'm not so sure that if you're going to like that any more than the current job you despise. Uh, but um, if you want to follow your heart and you want to follow your passion, and that's your passion, uh, then um, you, you have to start with the idea that how are you going to be different? What's your unique selling proposition? Uh, how are you different than anybody else? Because as you well know, in personal training, there's no barrier to entry. Anybody and his dog can become a certified trainer. And most of the trainers that are out there aren't certified. So they don't even differentiate themselves. So uh, I think it through. I think it more, a lot more clearly about it because that may not be one, what you want to do. Uh, you know, as I've said countless times, most people are living quiet lives of desperation. Uh, this sounds like you're, you fall into that category. And I, and I feel for you. There's nothing I, I, I could do to change the past 25 years. What I can do is make sure that uh, this next 25 years that you spend it at something you like. Uh, what was the best question you've uh, been asked so far? Well, we, uh, we announced uh, some time back the, uh, the uh, winners of the contest. We had eight runners up and we had one uh, winner. Um, and we've had a number of good questions. Uh, but the best question I've been asked uh, I'll just name a couple. What's the best advice I didn't follow? Uh, and uh, number one. And number two, uh, what advice would um, you have given your 20-year-old uh, self? Uh, those are good, good questions, and they're good questions to ask yourself. Uh, what about revenue and generating income from your own business? Did you concentrate on daily business, or was it focused only on deals and financing? Well, in my particular case, um, I uh, started out with the idea of uh, generating internal revenue. Didn't work out that way. My organic plan didn't work, and that's how I became a uh, deals and acquisition guy. But you have to have a balance of both, otherwise you won't be able to pay the bills. Uh, what, do you, uh, what do you do if a very important deal or project did not work out? <laughs> I've got too many to count for that in that category. What's the best strategy to get focused and energized again? It's like getting, falling off a horse. You've got to get back on. Uh, it's like uh, being in a relationship uh, with a significant other. 
doesn't work out, you split, you go your separate ways, yeah, you've got to find another relationship. Uh, and so the, the best way to re-energize yourself is to just get up off the ground and get on the horse again. Can you tell us a story from your mentor, Constantine Costa, was his nickname, Grazos, that had a lasting impact on your behavior? It's one of my favorite stories. God rest his soul, Costa, uh, we used to have lunch quite often. And on the way to lunch, uh, he was already an elderly guy, he just said, do you mind if we uh, stop off at the men's room? So I'd go in the men's room, and, and uh, some of the best advice he uh, gave me was while he was standing at the urinal or washing his hands, etc. And so we washed our hands, and we're walking by the commodes. And the door was open, and he said, what do you see in there, Mr. Pena? And I'm trying to think, hmm, uh, how can I, you know, is this really a heavy-duty question that, that Costa's asking me? And I said, I see uh, ceramic uh, porcelain uh, bowl. He says, no, no, what else do you see? So I'm thinking, well, I'm trying to think outside the box. What the hell is he getting at? Uh, I see a ceramic commode uh, filled with water. He said, OK, what else do you see, Mr. Pena? And I said, um, I'm not sure other than the water. And he says, what if you would stick your fist in the water? Can you do that, Mr. Pena? He never called me Dan or Danny. He always called me Mr. Pena. Uh, and I said, well, I'm trying and think outside the box. Well, if you stuck your fist in the commode in the water, it would displace the water. The water level would go up. He says, correct, Mr. Pena. Now, what happened if you pulled your fist out of the water, Mr. Pena? So I thought real, real hard, and I, the obvious answer is the water would go back to its original level. But I'm thinking again, he must be asking me this for a reason. It must be some heavy fucking duty question and answer he uh, uh, is trying to generate out of me. And I just said, okay, uh, the water would go back to the same level. And he said, that's life, Mr. Pena. You're no more than a fist displacing water while you're alive or in a deal. And when you pull it out or leave a deal, water level will seek its own level again. My way of saying that is nobody on this planet, even the, the great inventors, are no more than uh, in the cosmos of time or is a fart in the wind. Uh, did, you ever, uh, have you, did you ever make a backup plan and fail because of that? No. I, 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 I've said that if you have a plan B or a plan C, you use it. I don't have backup plans. If my original or initial plan doesn't work, then I figure it out. And what QLA is all about is improvising. Do you like fear? Yes, actually I do. Because I know when other people get afraid, uh, there's chaos. And when there's chaos, there's an opportunity for uh, something to be done following the QLA model. Uh, how has the purpose of your life changed during your lifetime and why? As I've said, again, countless times, in 1993 when I started coaching, uh, my life changed. I didn't realize how much it would change 21 and a half years later. But I now realize uh, why, um, you know, I got thrown out of the company that I founded uh, while making a lot of money. I, I now realize why I didn't die in Vietnam. I now realize a whole bunch of things that I was meant to do this because I'm the best at it on the planet. Uh, so that, that changed during my lifetime and that transition. Uh, why? You have to ask the big man. I don't know why. I do know that uh, it's, uh, it's changed two or three times in my lifetime, and each time it's for the better. Uh, what would you do if you had only one month uh, to live from now? Well, I wouldn't be doing this fucking podcast, for starters. <laughs> That's number one. Uh, and uh, I would uh, be enjoying myself with my children and my wife. 
and trying to soak up as much uh, of the good vibes uh, that they have for me uh, and, uh, and die peacefully. A few months ago, I decided to start, a, uh, to start and take fucking action. In the last months, I've been concentrating on making some major mental adjustments and began to build my dream team. Well, first of all, if it's taken you a few months to make some adjustments, you're fucked up. You know, when I say take fucking action, I don't mean you wait a few months. Right now, I'm reaching the limits of my credit cards. Okay, so what? Uh, what should I do? Uh, work, work for others or continuing building my dream team without paying my bills. Now, there's a disclaimer on these podcasts. You ask your accountants, your lawyers. This is advice based on my experience. You're only giving me a certain amount of information, so I'm basing my answers on the information you give me. Virtually none of you are giving me 100% of the information. So I'm not going to tell you not to pay your bills. I didn't pay my bills, but that's me. I'm different than you. And I continue to work on building my dream team. But that's me, not you. I want to, um, I want to do the daily reports for myself. Can you describe the procedure and rule? There are no rules. Rules and tell the most important mistakes. Well, I can just tell you it's three sections. Goals. Um, what you, excuse me. What you accomplished this week your goals for next week, and your problems and challenges. Simply put, three sections shouldn't take more than a page uh, and uh, shouldn't take more than two, three hundred words. Uh, and the most important mistakes are that you're not honest with yourself. When it is the right time to finance or lease a luxury car, 100,000 euros, uh, in order to make the right impression, how much money do you have to put aside? Those look like two separate questions to me. Uh, you can lease a like hundred thousand. I don't know if a hundred thousand euros is a big car, a little car, really. Um, but um, and you can lease them for very little down. So you, it's not that you have to put a lot of money down. Uh, if you're talking about buying a car, a hundred thousand euros, you know, is a significant investment. Uh, how much money do you have to put aside? I don't know how to answer that. I'm not sure what you mean. But how much money do you have to be making? Well, I mean, um, uh, as I've mentioned, since 1972, I believe. Uh, no, excuse me, 1971, I've been driving Rolls Royces. Uh, and I've been driving Rolls Royces and Bentleys ever since. So that's almost 45 years. Um, but uh, the, that's me. That's not you. I'm not suggesting you go and you spend 100,000 euros on a lease that you're locked into. Uh, if you're going to lease a car, make sure it's the kind of lease that you can get out of if, uh, if uh, push comes to shove. Why do so few people have high goals? Because of your fucking parents fucked you up. And normally your goals are no higher than your parents' goals. Okay? Uh, and if you set high goals and then you don't achieve them, you're already worried about it impacting your self-esteem. And if you set high goals and you do achieve them, then you're worried about having to continue to perform at that level. That's why most people don't have high goals. How can I avoid bankers thinking that I, the CEO, am, a weak, am the weak point of the company if I build a really impressive dream team filled with business heavyweights? It's tough to, but the bank, the financial institutions, the private equity uh, firms will think highly of you because you've convinced the heavyweights to get on your bus. What is the best strategy to avoid my business heavyweight dream team members wanting to um, too big a slice of my company? 
I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about them winning the too big a slice. Remember, 40% uh, of a $10 billion company or a billion dollar company is better than 100% of a half a million dollar company. Don't worry about that. You're worried about the wrong things. What is your own vision now, Mr. Pena? Do you have, uh, do you have and need one? How can I contribute to it? Well, you contribute to it by being successful and then write me about it. Uh, my vision is to spread QLA around the world as, fastly, as fast as I can. Uh, and I'm doing that through um, uh, podcasts that I'm giving, podcasts that I'm appearing on and giving a lot of interviews. Uh, um, my exposure and my interfacing with Brian Rose of London Real. And uh, more recently, in the last few months, the, um, uh, the reality shows that I'm in discussion with both in the UK and the US. Do you ever relax and how? No, I don't. Uh, even when I'm on holiday, if you call it that, I work five, six hours a day. Uh, and on the weekends, if my wife hasn't got me dragging me around, going on tours, I still work eight, 10 hours a day. Uh, this is not work to me. I, this is relaxing. The hardest work I do in my mind are these podcasts because of the preparation I have to do. Um, the uh, last night I was, uh, you know, I had to get up early this morning to, to read, uh, you know, two, three hundred questions that we're going to uh, try to answer uh, today or in the next few podcasts. Uh, and so that's, uh, but even this is relaxing. I'm finally dead. I'm financially dead at at the moment because I took some risks. What is the best QLA uh, war plan for me? You got to take more risks. You got to get back on the horse. You've got to formulate, uh, either change the existing plan that you had that didn't work, or if it doesn't work because you don't think it can work, uh, then you've got to switch horses. I read your book twice, good, and listen to your podcast every day, good. It keeps me on track, great. I've already learned so much from you, Th you're welcome. Uh, you often talk about your mentees. Am I one of your mentees? No. You would, would be considered a QLA devotee because you're following or trying to follow some of the, uh, hopefully, as many of the QLA precepts as you can. Or is it necessary to come to the castle seminar first to be one of your mentees? Correct. Mente the difference between a mentee and a devotee, a mentee has actually been personally trained by me. How do I find a mentor that is not full of conventional wisdom? I thought he was going to say full of shit. <laughs> uh, what are the signs I can look for in a CV? Um, you can't see it in a CV. What you can is when you talk to him, Skype, personal interview, have a cup of coffee with him. Uh, and as you talk about consolidating a cottage or a uh, fragmented industry in roll-ups, and if you can see the look on his face and if his eyes roll back in his head, and he say, you know, you'll know that that's, he's probably not the guy or the gal. I love my son and wife, okay, uh, but every time I spend time with them, I feel like getting ill. Uh, I'm not sure what you mean by that. I'm going to read it again. I love my wife and my son, but every time I spend time with them, I feel like getting ill uh, because I'm not working on my dream. Okay, I don't get ill, but I get anxious uh, if I spend too much time with my family, especially when I was younger. So I'm working day and night and tell them it's also, it's, it's also the best for them, and it is. I have more choices because I've created wealth. You'll have more choices to do better things for your family when you create wealth. What is a QLA way to involve those of you love? There isn't a, a good way other than to coach them to be supportive uh, and loving uh, when you're not there even. 
How can I get um, them from con consumers of my time to become my biggest supporters? Well, you got to sell. You got to be a good salesman uh, or a salesperson. Uh, and uh, you got to communicate. You got to communicate how important this is to you. Uh, and um, it, it won't happen overnight, but they'll slowly become uh, supporters instead of consumers of your time. In the past, I've not been a person that confronts others. I feel aggressive. I normally don't let anybody realize it until I've read, until I've, I read your book. Uh, though uh, I, I though a, a cooperative management. Oh, the second when these guys write um, and English is a second language, I have to interpret. Um, he believed in cooperative management and uh, in, in leadership style was better for reaching my dreams. You're wrong. Um, does my cooperative style contradict the QLA way of reaching my goals? Yes, it does. Uh, doesn't mean you won't reach your goals, but you're certainly not going to do it in, in the time frame. The difference between QLA and building wealth the normal way is we teach you how to do it in three to seven years, which would normally take you a generation, and a generation is between 20 and 25 years. If you want to do it in 20, 25 years, you keep your management style. If you want to do it in sooner, then a QLA is the tool. Uh, when and how did you realize that just fucking do it is the most important rule? Uh, uh, when I was in the military and when I graduated from uh, infantry OCS at Fort Benning, Georgia, uh, when I realized uh, that uh, they teach you that uh, taking too much time, uh, your collateral damage is normally lives. Uh, and so uh, when I got out of the military and I got into business and I went back to school, and I realized even mistakes didn't do anything other than I might get chastised or I might get a poorer grade than I might have gotten if I had taken a little longer, studying longer. So, uh, but it was a turning point in my life. Uh, you, say the, you say the rule, focus on a few, not the many, correct. In fact, that's the uh, best advice I ever got that I didn't take initially as a young man. It's critically important and you did not pay attention to this rule for some time, correct. What does this rule mean for a mentee uh, who is following the QLA path? Is it focusing only on one industry, uh, only one deal at a time? One industry, one fucking deal at a time. You're a fucking genius. Can you give me a business example of the rule? Never accept a short-term solution for a long-term problem. I'm going to give you an uncouth graphic one. You love the girl that lives three miles away. You don't have a car. Fuck you. Anytime you go over there, knock on her window. That's a short-term solution for a long-term problem. If you had uh, to get a tattoo, what would you write about yourself? I'd never get a tattoo under any circumstances. So uh, I can't answer that. Uh, what are the top three books that you uh, would recommend for a young entrepreneur read besides your book? Spiritual text. Well, I'm not recommending spiritual text. Uh, that's a given. Uh, what do you consider to be the top lessons that you learned in these books? Okay, I've said this many times, and you keep on asking me, so it must be important to you. Number one, my book. Number two, Release Your Breaks. Uh, number three, uh, uh, the book by my former business partner, Joe Batten, uh, Tough-Minded Management, and it's actually another book, Tough-Minded Leadership. He was Ross Perot's mentor. And I also like Michael Gerber's The E-Myth. Uh, not all the other books, but the original E-Myth, which basically tells you that you're working in your business instead of on your business. 
uh, and also, of course, Napoleon Hill, uh, you know, uh, think and grow rich. goes without saying, it's the Bible. Uh, to get the best skill set and experience, in which industry do you think a college graduate should start, and why? Well, I, I don't think any uh, degree that you could get in uh, being a college graduate is going to help you that much. Unless you want to be an engineer and you want to build rocket ships and stuff like that, uh, you can get a degree in engineering. Uh, but even people without degrees like that uh, are building rocket ships these days. Please don't just say follow your passion. I didn't. Uh, now, finance, consulting, uh, tech, join a startup. When I got out of school, no matter what my degree was in, I joined a startup and take a risk. It's, uh, and if it works out, it's going to work out very well for you. Uh, and then after you've been with one or two startups, you do your own startup. Do you think that a top eight MBA, I assume top eight school, would be better to prepare yourself and improve your connections, or do you think it would paralyze you with case studies and uh, the time and opportunity costs make it unnecessary? Well, if you're going to get it, if, you, if you're talking about getting an MBA, it means you already have a, a degree of some sort. So I would go out and have a degree, and that's why a lot of the business schools make you go out and work two, three, four, five years before you come and got an MBA and see how you do. Uh, and then if uh, you're lacking in self-confidence, then go get an MBA. Uh, where do you think uh, the Chinese economy is going uh, to go? Uh, I know for sure that housing bubble is starting to bust, and many manufacturer owners are moving overseas. Um, I'm not sure, uh, but the Chinese government has a lot of money, uh, and it will continue to bolster the economy. And uh, the last thing the Chinese government needs is uh, a, a deep recession in China. Um, were you always bold and brash? Uh, yes. Uh, from about the time, uh, I'd say, even in high school. But I got more bold and more brash when I went into the military. Would, you not, uh, would not that irritate and drive off potential investors and partners when you are not that successful? Well, there's a difference between being bold and brash and having self-confidence. People that want to invest are looking for self-confidence. They're wanting to hear you say, I'm going to make this right no matter what it takes, as long as it's uh, legal, moral, and ethical. How much is a castle seminar for students? Uh, email my office, but it's roughly half as much uh, for um, uh, the normal attendees. But you have to really be a student. No bullshit. Not a 41-year-old engineer going back to take a course at a junior college. Uh, the top accounting firm in the country with uh, a unique division related to our industry is in, interested in our business thanks to QLA. Great. The potential issue is uh, that they've also very generously offered to handle the legal work for us too. Of course they did. Uh, the kind of uh, all-in-one offer is sounding uh, alarm since your methodology describes separating accounting and legal representation, and, and can I work out why that makes sense? And work out why that makes sense. It, well, it makes sense because for them because they want to control the deal. It makes sense for you not to have that because you want to control the deal. The question is two-part. Uh, is it common for the big four to attempt to monopolize the required services by only offering their legal team? And are there any other potential snares to keep in mind when interviewing them? Uh, well, the big four aren't going to uh, recommend their legal team first. They're going to recommend their accounting services first. Just to clarify, the latter question is specifically related to the, our desire to give them enough business to get them excited about working for us while pre uh, 
persevering our own interest in their obvious desire to get more business. Uh, well, the best way to do that is to split up the work amongst different firms. You mentioned that you enjoy putting the big four accounting firms against each other um, every now and again to get better rates. That's how we'd like to play it too eventually. Once we have uh, a given firm on our uh, external team, do I keep them for the duration of the project for the sake of the stability and only attempt to negotiate better rates once I move on? No, you, you try to negotiate better rates from the very outset. But remember, they're doing it on a success fee basis. So you're not trying to negotiate the rates initially because they're doing it on a success fee basis. Uh, and you continue every one or two or three years to uh, try to upgrade and you always give the existing firms an opportunity to bid uh, for their, uh, and keep their business. When it comes to potential conflicts of interest, such as a board member accounting or legal firm being affiliated with elements, uh, do I have to watch out for this with these experienced people going into battle with me, uh, or is it their own responsibility to consider once they've communicated to me that they have no conflict? No, no. You've got to ask them. If they've got conflicts. And a good professional board member will say, everything I'm saying is subject to conflicts. I've got to check my conflicts. In terms of an exit sale price, in your experience, how important is rebranding acquisitions uh, in the uh, SME category for a local brand, generally speaking? It's not. I understand that this is a highly context-specific uh, question, but I'm curious to know if there is any conventional wisdom watch out for, no, uh, if you're a small business, uh, until you start um, uh, making acquisitions, <clears throat> then um, don't worry about that. Considering your track record and public speaking skills, I'm uh, genuinely surprised that you aren't more well-known than you are. Why do you think so? I'm, I'm glad you asked that question, and this is the reason. First of all, my market is the top one-tenth of a percent, or around seven million of seven billion people. But the reason I'm not more known is I have always just marketed to that top one-tenth of a percent. And big companies that I used to work for, if you come to the seminar and you've got a half a fucking brain and you've got any gumption whatsoever, you leave the big company. So big companies don't use me anymore. It's very simple. And big companies that are influential with other, uh, you know, whether it's newspapers, accounting firms, or whatever, are influential to the extent that, you know, uh, they don't want to promote or uh, profile uh, Dan Pena because Dan Pena normally does things uh, uh, contra contrary to all their, uh, their uh, big business, big company precepts. It's a good question. Out of all your mentee relationships that you can speak about, which ones have been the most personally satisfying for you? Well, one is obviously Klaus Kleinfeld who came to me as a middle manager at Siemens, uh, and seven years later he was CEO uh, announced or uh, picked to be CEO of the 20th largest company in the world with about $100 billion in revenue uh, and uh, about 400,000 employees. And that was back on, uh, he came to me in 97-ish, and he was appointed CEO uh, in 2005, if my memory serves me correctly. So that was obviously very satisfying. Another one is uh, Mikey the pizza boy who came to me with pizza dough under his fingernails and six years later he made it, um, he said he wanted to be Steven Spielberg and he uh, made his uh, first uh, nationally uh, exposed um, uh, motion picture that 
was uh, premiered in New York a year ago last November. Those are a couple, but I've got a lot of them. I've got a whole bunch of them. Um, the, uh, but uh, those are two that stand out. I'm very brief, in my very brief experience practicing QLA thus far, I have noticed that our board candidates are generally hesitant to commit to the project 100% before the first deal, which has hammered home the point of getting it done. Absolutely. Uh, many of them come off like vultures hovering around a weakened animal waiting for it to fall before they commit. Uh, are there any tips that can, uh, you can suggest to convince them uh, to at least give uh, their spoken word before the first deal? No, you're talking to the wrong people. Next. Uh, when dealing with a conflict between the seller and the acquirer, which is us, uh, where the seller is reluctant to provide commercially sensitive information to the acquirer during due diligence, as the seller cannot be certain whether we will actually go ahead with the acquisition, are there any practical solutions for resolving this kind of conflict, specifically when the prospective acquirer is a direct competitor of the seller? That's tough, but there are NDA, non-disclosure agreements, but if you're a direct competitor, that's tough. That's tough. There's no real answer other than an NDA. I expect that this is a fairly common issue given that a buyer obviously wants to know as much information as possible. It is. Uh, organic growth alone is insufficient. Uh, I'm not saying it's insufficient. I'm saying if you want to do a quicker, you do it by acquisition. For a set of acquisitions to make financial sense, what are some of the more historical successful strategies that can be uh, used to grow an acquisition-oriented company? I'm referring here to additional strategies in line with strategic partnerships, marketing synergies, all those strategic partnerships, marketing synergies. But if you're buying companies at three to five times cash flow, uh, and remember that structure follows strategy, you, you won't go wrong. You won't go far wrong. Considering the potential revenue to be had by, take, excuse me, by taxing and regulating drugs, uh, do you think the war on drugs is a waste of time and resources, of, and resources uh, or do you think it is warranted for certain drugs? I'm not really, uh, I, I can't really uh, tell you if the war on drugs is a waste of time. So far it's been a waste of time. Uh, but uh, with the advent of marijuana being legalized in several places in the United States, I know there's a number of people that are looking at that business model very carefully. When considering your experience traveling the globe, have you uh, had any radical changes in perspective regarding particular country and or its people, uh, people since? No. Um, America is still, you know, uh, probably the, you know, the greatest place to come from. Uh, I mean, uh, you can be anything in America. Uh, there's other places that are similar to that, the UK, uh, certain parts of Europe. Um, but uh, my perspective hasn't really changed. But I haven't lived uh, really in the United States um, since uh, 1981, even though I've had homes there. I've lived abroad. In the last 10 years, I've lived in Asia. In your opinion, what can the U.S. change to compete with China's economic growth rate? They can't. Considering all the conspiracy theories involving the financial elite, have you, uh, have you come across anything that truly disturbed you? Do the people need to be concerned? No. I haven't found anything that disturbs me, and you don't need to be concerned. As, as you're just using it as an excuse not to succeed. As a financial guy, do you believe that the influence that corporate interests have over the U.S. government occurs to a similar extent in the East? I don't know if you're talking about the Middle East, but the answer is yes. 
Our recent studies indicate that the number one job role that attracts psychopaths is that of CEO. Really. You ought to send me that. In your opinion, what is the greatest misconception that people have about what it takes to lead a company? Well, uh, one of the biggest conceptions is that the CEO is overpaid. I don't think that's true because they make tough decisions and they, they're responsible for employing you know, thousands, if not tens of thousands, or even hundreds of thousands of employees. Uh, since female uh, intuition is generally more accurate than the male counterpart and many important financial decisions are made on gut instincts, um, have you ever been in a boardroom uh, for hours and thought we really could use a woman up, use a woman up in this, we could really use a, a bitch uh, to help us get along? Yeah, I have, as a matter of fact. Approximately, uh, where does money fall under your list of most important things to focus on in life? What would you, uh, your top five, I'm not going to give you my top five, but money's not the most important thing, but it's the only thing that anybody keeps track of. And the difference between me and other luminaries that you uh, read about is that we have more choices and we can do more good because we created wealth. Uh, but there are obviously uh, um, your family, uh, if you believe in a higher power, your God, etc. Uh, when you first gained financial independence and you could buy practically anything you wanted for yourself and family, what did that actually feel like if you were to put it into words? Fucking terrific. Um, or I used to say better than sex. What te technological invention would you like to see happen in your lifetime? Time travel. I'd like to go ahead a thousand years. I'd like to go back a thousand years. Um, are there any famous people in the financial world who you would like to identify as spreading uh, detrimental philosophies to impressionable entrepreneurs? No. But anybody that's out there in the personal development business that's trying to teach you how to do stuff they haven't done themselves uh, is detrimental. The more conscious I become of my current lack of accomplishments, the angrier I get. Well, then do something about it. Uh, should emotions like this be suppressed or, uh, in doing business? No, they shouldn't be. You should be pissed off at yourself. I know you make a point of feeling uh, your emotions, but I'm no Dan Pena, obviously. Well, you sound like a cunt. If you talk like that, you're going to stay that way. It's hard to imagine approaching, for example, a possible mentor in this state. You're right, and he'll read or she'll read right through you, so you've got to man up. You've got to suck up your fucking pantyhose. Quit acting and sounding like a fucking cunt. Um, thanks for your convincing inspiration and advice. You're welcome. Obviously, you are a big believer in mind over matter. Absolutely. When you don't feel like doing something, what does the, the voice inside your, your head say that rouses you into uh, action every time? I, I, I'm, I'm so programmed to do what, even when, uh, what I don't like to do, nothing comes up. It just, I just do it. I just fucking do it, like I say. What is the uh, internal phrase, monologue that stirs you up? Nothing. I just say, what, you know, not recently, but when I was younger, are you a cunt or you a man or a mouse, Dan? Obviously, such a monologue needs to be highly personal and have a considerable... No, it doesn't happen. You're full of shit. You read too much. How do you make sure that uh, the fire never fades? You don't. It all fades. Um, but I can tell... The five people that you hang around are losers. You show me your friends, I show you your future. And then you can all uh, see, how do you always performance and sense the phrase like, uh, oh, um, 
he's referring to a, a phrase I used in London Real, such as, you cunt, you're going to do it anyway. That's what I, you know, that's what I tell my mentees. Uh, I haven't told myself that in a long, long time because I'm, I'm not inclined that way. Such an ability to take control of one's thoughts and mental st state has obviously served you well, and I think your viewers could deserve a great benefit. You know, I, I don't know where you kids get these thoughts. You read too much shit. I mean, you think about shit too much. Don't you realize no matter what you do in your fucking miserable life, in the cosmos of time, it's not a fucking fart in the wind. Get real, guy or gal. What are the top three intangibles that one must have in order to thrive in life and business? No, I mean, uh, there are three. There's only one, focus. And what are some practical things that, uh, uh, that one can do to improve them? Focus. Laser beam focus, ferocious focus. If you had one uh, hour left on Earth and you, I don't, I, I just don't understand why you kids ask me these fucking questions. Hour on Earth and you wanted to leave a, a testament for your children of the top three things you learned in life, what would they be? I say, focus, focus on the few, not the many. It's easy. Uh, though some recent efforts spawned from your information, I set up a meeting in eight days with a potential mentor. I'm not surprised. What took you so long? He meets all the suggested criteria and all my needs as a mentor. Having said that, I do have a personal mission or passion for an area of business senior care, but I don't have a fully formed business plan or acquisition idea formulated. My questions are, what type of information should I be asking my mentor? What action steps information should I be considering at this stage? Okay. Let me see what the rest of his question is. Also, what are the few specific action steps to knock me, uh, me the fuck out of reading mode and get uh, into the action mode in regards to getting the most of this mentorship possibility meeting? I've already implemented the use of your personal goal accomplishment spreadsheet that includes challenge about Okay. You read because you're a cunt and you can't make a decision and you're insecure and you're afraid of failure. That's why you read so much, okay? And the questions, all these questions that you just asked me are on my website. All, and I give all the information for free. Read all 115 newsletters and you don't have any questions. Read my book, which you can get from Torn. You don't have any questions. Listen to my podcast. Read my $50 billion uh, man uh, uh, free ebook. You guys want you you want it all in a summary. You're not willing to put in the hours. Hi Dan, massive Australian fan. Great thought. I'd rise in caps. Blah blah blah. I'm now in the business. Blah, blah, I stayed for two years. I'm 23 years old. I've watched pretty much all your YouTube's, uh, including London Real and Bulletproof interviews, as well as reading your newsletters and blogs, uh, posts and ebook. Good. That's a good start. I've also read your book, Your First Hundred Million. Great. I'm, saying, uh, I'm saving like a madman to attend the castle in 12 months. I'm all in, no doubt. I have no idea uh, where to start in terms of running a business and limited knowledge of finance, etc. You recommend any books? No. No, on finance either. A lot of terms that you talk about go straight over my head. Read my website. Read it again and again and again. I'm another kid. I'm 25 years old and I have recently discovered you and your attitude uh, uh, and work-related philosophies really resonate with my personality. 
Uh, right now, I'm soaking up all your uh, podcasts. That's great. I write to you in hopes of receiving some advice or guidance for my situation. I finished a degree in business and marketing. I'm Spanish, studied in the UK. I'm open and willing to go anywhere, blah, blah, blah. I haven't been successful in my job search so far, looking for marketing sales jobs. I don't have a clear path or passion in mind, but always strongly wanted to make it big and become a millionaire. Becoming a millionaire is not making a big, young man. I mean, let's, let's, let's get our definition straight. Uh, I was badly burnt by an uh, interviewer, a friend of my dad's, big-time self-made multimillionaire, after explaining that, um, that, uh, that making big money was my only motivation. Well, then go to somebody else. Uh, in any case, I am pretty lost right now and wondering what should be my next move. Should I settle with an internship uh, at my company in order to get experience? Yes. Uh, should I bombard my CV online? Yes. To sum it up, what advice uh, would you give a, a recent business graduate with no experience? I just gave it to you. Do you recommend going into a high-pressure work environment for a few years? Yes. In order to gain discipline? Yes. In order to gain time management? Yes. And during your work ethic to push your own business? Yes. When I have important deadlines in my business or university, I can work 90-95% of my ability. But when I have relaxed deadline, I can't build up the same commitment to meet them. I'd say only 70%. That means I don't always meet personal deadlines. So I work 9 to 11 hours a day, have written down clear 1 to 5-year goals. Should you, have to, um, should you have to have the certainty, or am I delusional, or is it a sign that I should dream bigger? You should dream bigger. By the way, I have done your uh, success tests uh, and depression tests, etc. Well, if you got five on my success test, you're not uh, inclined to be successful. I won't even talk about the depression or the optimism scores. But five is a loser score. The worst non-winning score and the best score is minus three is zero. You sound like a weak cunt that needs to man up and hang around with different people. Within the success engineering industry, personal development, is that what it's called, the success engineering industry? Ain't that a hoot? Um, have you seen anyone, either past or present, with a star methodology remotely like yours? No. Dan continuously says he only takes people who are high-powered and passionate. A key way of showing this is by paying to attend the seminar. No, what, it, what that means is you have found a way to get there even if you can't afford it and you got skin in the game. Remember, I used to give these seminars for free. I currently give all my product away free. Sending in questions does not really show our commitment, so I guess it's hard to gauge who's really serious. That's correct. It's correct. But it also gives somebody the opportunity to come to the seminar for free, which we announced uh, not too long ago. Uh, with that in mind, whether good or bad, do, you, uh, do the situations below show me, show me to be all the above? Situations below. Um, okay, I'm not going to read through all these. Uh, felt like committing suicide when they were eight. Uh, sentenced to 15 years uh, in prison. Uh, got told uh, I was a loser. Said I wanted to start a business. I'm now on my second one. Uh, said I wanted to become a motivational speaker. Uh, and now I'm doing that. I'd like uh, your perspective. 
Well, you're not the only one that considered suicide. You're not the only one to be in jail. Uh, as I've told you, I've been arrested four or five times. I never went to prison, though. Um, what's the difference between giving up and shit-canning an idea? Um, your gut instincts. Uh, not everything works out. Also, um, your familiar saying, work smarter, not harder. Uh, well, hell, Dan, most, uh, most, not I, but most, would consider 120, 100, 120, 140 works as work hard. Yes. Well, I'm like Tom Edison. I'm a hard worker, and I also work smart. Uh, but uh, as we said in a uh, podcast not too long ago, uh, 15 hours a day times 50 years, I'm really 131 years old. So I've got 60 more years experience uh, than somebody else that's just about to, ready uh, to turn 70. My position is that the work isn't hard if you're passionate about it. That's correct. Am I correct in my assessment? Uh, please say yes, uh, laughing out loud. Some of what you say is correct, uh, but um, it sounds like you're just looking for an excuse not to work 100 hours a week. When was the last time you were in a fist fight? Uh, too long ago, I can't remember. What was the outcome? I won. Uh, the but I, I lost a bunch of them too when I was younger. Um, what advice would you give uh, for a go-getter-minded female in a man-run uh, world? Last week I was fired from my job and provided, you, uh, and provided that you're not a good fit in the company. That's what they always say, that they recruited me and paid, uh, paid me to relocate a thousand miles away. That doesn't mean anything. Um, you either didn't do the job or you pissed somebody off. That's just life. I'm scared to death of homelessness and poverty, yet I need some guidance on uh, where and how to recover from this. Well, ob obviously, um, you, you haven't gotten back up on the horse yet. You got knocked down. So what? You know, uh, you know the shareholders are throwing me out of two big companies that I founded. So what? You know, I founded another. Over the years, as a proven businessman, uh, what has been your most important views, stances, recipes for forging and maintaining social connections? I don't have any stances on forging and uh, maintaining social connections. I have very few, you know, I've got four or five or six people that I would consider my friends, and I got maybe 10 or 15 associates over that, and that's about it. Do you believe your straightforward, brutally honest approach that sets you apart from the rest of the life business coaches? I'm not a life coach, that's bullshit. A life coach is a, a guy with uh, two degrees that's out of work. Um, I'm a high-performance coach. I'm not a business coach either. It's due to your background and where and how were you raised. Yes, of course it's due to my background. What is the true value of potential of providing... What is the true value and potential of providing free content and service? Because it allows you fucking wannabes an opportunity. You can't use it as an excuse. Oh, his book's too expensive. His one-day seminar's too expensive. This is too expensive because I'm giving it to you. It takes one more excuse, one more arrow out of your quiver of excuses. And it's also my way of spreading the word as quickly as I can while I'm still on this earth. How can a nonprofit organization create quality? Um, well, uh, you have to start with a quality product. What is the biggest fear you see in people apart from the fear of death? Fear of death isn't the biggest fear. Fear of fucking failure. Uh, first, Thank you uh, ever so much, sharing. Blah, blah. Uh, I find it, uh, I'm fortunate and grateful to receive it in the format you offer, and I'm inspired. Uh, you mentioned you made your fortune without internet. That's correct. 
How do you imagine QLA would have performed if you had the opportunity to couple it? The strong business uh, disruption in the internet uh, was. Can you give a hypothetical, a hypothetical case? No, I can't. Uh, what internet startup have you uh, interested in in the oil business? What internet startup would you have interested in? No, I wouldn't have. I'm sorry. Um, as, a, as a custom business software developer, well, we're not interested in all that. Be different, that's correct. Uh, what are your thoughts on the advice to acquire companies and markets? We understand how well upgrade um, the uh, versus the, the business software consultants. This is my equity lower the personal debt. Okay, Cons okay, we gotta get to the question. Considering that uh, some countries are starting to feel the global financial crisis harder and sooner than the rest, how do I sell uh, market my one to three year rented condos <laughs> to rich Russians? I don't know. Uh, you have mentioned not being scared of litigation. I'm sure your legal team didn't let you let that one slip by. The obvious use of your character not only elevated the quality of the movie, I'm not sure, sir, what movie you're talking about. Um, if you're talking about, um, I don't know what you're talking about, but also possibly secured product placement. No, <clears throat> litigation is a business tool. Again, talk to your own lawyers, talk to your own advisors, but litigation is a business tool, a business tool and all the big guys use it. QLA method brings us out to approach bank uh, uh, for killer deals. How does this apply in the context where VCs are excited to invest? It is one is it one your low-hanging fruit situation? Same approach to the banks. Same approach to the banks as to the VCs. Uh, we've got a question about affirmations. Interestingly enough, where I think you know uh, some of the most important things that the QLA talks about are goal-setting affirmations, and we get very few questions on it. This question: Affirmations. If I get what you're saying, I understand there's some magic to um, be done by placing myself in the future and say the affirmations as it happened, correct. And seeing yourself in time now, but in the future. Uh, not with old gray hair 20 years from now. Uh, like, I'm glad, like I'm glad I was able to make so much money from QLA that I was able to drag Mr. Pena uh, with me <laughs> to the race of uh, Paris Dakar and we placed uh, on the podium. No, that's not. I am excited, I'm overwhelmed, I'm thrilled uh, that I'm making so much money and I'm being so successful using QLA. Use those kind of adjectives. Uh, what would you say to a man who is stuck in his job, uh, golden handcuffs? Um, uh, this, goes, uh, this guy goes on to say uh, that um, the, um, he's been there 20, 15, 20 years and he has a great package and uh, but he's now at a stage in life, he knows in another 10 years he's going to be uttering the, the, the magic words, what if, um, what could I have done? Um, and uh, the bottom line is, um, we all, well, I don't have any more, but we all have mortgages. We all have uh, credit card debt. We all have kids that we've got to clothe and feed. Uh, some of us have a wife that doesn't work. Some of us have wives that do uh, support, help support the family. Uh, and you can come up with the what ifs. And the bottom line is how much sacrifice are you willing to take, or make, I should say. It gets down to that. You know? And of course, I'm not getting all the information on these questions. I'm only getting what you write me. And so that, you know, you, you got to ask your advisor, you got to go to see your lawyer, and, you know, 
But the bottom line is that um, 20, 30 years from now, you're going to have regrets, huge regrets. <clears throat> um, here's a question. I'm not gonna, it's, it's too long. Uh, do you think I need to keep investing in it uh, or a new idea? He's been working at it five years, uh, and he's had no results. Um, it's, 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 it's probably a year or two ago it was time to take a look at whether you should shit can it and move on. Uh, but again, I'm not there. I can't tell you. Uh, I'm right at you as you have inspired me. I'm a 17-year-old kid from Northern Ireland. My problem is that I don't know what type of business to get into. Uh, my, my advice to kids that are 17, 16, 17, 18 is to finish school. Um, and uh, what steps uh, should I take to be as successful as you and your mentees? Uh, the, um, read all my stuff on my website. It's all free. Go to Torrent. What's not on my website, go to Torrent. Take the success test, the optimism test, and the pessimism test. Read my ebook. It's free. All this stuff is free, guys, uh, and do it. Uh, most of you that ask me these questions have spent very little time doing any due diligence, doing any research. And it's obvious. You ask me questions that are you know, pretty much no-brainers. If you require a question, here is a question uh, and it's selected 31 words long. Over the years as a proven businessman, what has been your most important views, stance, recipes uh, for forging and maintaining social connections? There aren't any. Uh, this, is, this is asked a slightly different way. Uh, but I have, I have not gone out of my way to forge social connections. Anyone who's ever done business searches for the moment when he is incredibly influential, charismatic in the times when he will command the center of attention and other people's wanting at the crucial moment when it is most important to be convincing and well-received by our audience will usually fall short nine times out of ten. Yeah, more than nine times out of ten. Our most important message uh, has surprisingly low chance of getting through. You need to understand why this occurs in order to overcome it, uh, to succeed and profit, as uh, you will, as well as receive the respect and popularity of your peers. You don't need to be the, you want the respect. You don't need to be popular with your peers. Um, without affirmations, goals are only of marginal use. Um, I just recently wrote this. Each goal must have a detailed positive affirmation to your uh, quantum leap. Um, oh, I'm, I'm signing off to your quantum leap in life and business. Thanks for bringing this uh, to uh, my attention. The link between goals and affirmations. Uh, do I place uh, myself in the done state of a goal uh, in the future when I uh, construct my affirmations? Yes, you've already accomplished it. Um, how do I obtain a copy of your book? Uh, get it on Torrent. We do sell uh, new copies if you want a new copy, a recent edition of your first 100 million, but you have to contact my office, email Thelma. Uh, how much is enough? When do you start giving back? What criteria do you use to select a recipient of your philanthropy? Um, my, um, my criteria is uh, my gut instincts and my wife's. Um, and uh, I've been giving back a long time, so I mean, uh, it's never too early to start giving back. Is there more info on your site about goal setting? Yes, there is. Find it. 
I'd like to know more specifically in regards to not having a time limit. It's in my book. I mean, don't you guys do any fucking homework? Yes. Curious as to how to adapt your teachings to the creative arts like music. Same thing. Work long hours. You are who you hang around with. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. You want to be a world-class uh, artist, a world-class musician? Uh, you know, uh, deal with, hang around with those kinds of people. Uh, quick question from, to Dan. If you're starting out again, uh, what area of business would you focus your startup around? I've said this since 1986-ish, 7, healthcare, telecommunications. Healthcare, baby boomers all want to stay alive longer. Uh, and telecommunications, which now includes the internet, I mean, it's, it's, it's the next world. It's the next generation. It's Star Wars. That's where I'd go. Um, and uh, what unfulfilled potential do you have that we as a community can help you realize? How can we as a community help you deliver a bigger picture that you would, uh, that picture be? Thank you for your concern for us as a community and your compassion. The way you can help is spread the QLA word. Tell people to follow me on Facebook. Tell people to follow me on Twitter. Um, tell people to um, uh, follow me on LinkedIn. Uh, have them uh, read my uh, stuff that's free on my website. Uh, look at my podcast. Now look at the interviews that I've given to other people that are also on my podcast. Uh, and, uh, and just do that to everybody that you know, or I should say everybody that you care about. Uh, and uh, th that will help me uh, spread the word. It's a, the only reason I'm getting involved in two potential reality shows is to spread the word. Uh, as you know, a lot of you know, I mean, I've had, had to do this kind of stuff for t over 30 years now. Enjoy it. I'm, in, I'm enjoying uh, the idea of looking forward uh, to my uh, 70th birthday later on this year, uh, and uh, which will have a big gala um, uh, party. And I'm looking forward to some of you, the alumni uh, that um, still uh, follow me, which most of you do, uh, being at, uh, at, at the party and helping me enjoy it and bring in the next decade. And over the, over the, um, uh, over the, uh, the holidays, which is some time back now, uh, you know, I set new goals, new uh, affirmations, and uh, my, as I, I think I put in a newsletter, my goal for my 70s is to be more productive in the 70s, my decade of the 70s, than I was uh, in the previous six decades that I've been a high-performance person, and that's saying a lot. But anyway, uh, God bless and peace.